Hi, I'm Ian Brown, Managing Director of Excel Point. Welcome to On Point, the first in a series of podcasts brought to you by Excel Point. For those of you who haven't heard of Excel Point, we're a global leader in the development of no-code technology. We help businesses all around the world to update outdated business processes, overcome their challenges, automate workflows, and streamline their processes to their benefit. We do this by implementing innovative, automated and highly flexible and adaptable no-code software, typically achieved 10 times faster than bespoke software. Today, we're joined by a leading figure within the manufacturing sector in the Northeast, with over 30 years of experience within the automotive manufacturing supply chain. He's a successful and highly motivated individual, now bringing years of experience to organisations across the UK as a business consultant. Welcome, Mike Matthews, MBE. Mike. Thanks for joining us here today. And thanks for those kind words, Ian, very much. Thank you. Mike, it's good to see you. Yeah, great. Um, and as I said in our intro, you've got oodles and oodles of experience in the manufacturing sector, yeah. in the Northeast, in industry generally. Yeah. Uh, and I think your new lease of life as a consultant in the UK yeah. is going to yeah, benefit not just yourself personally, but the industry generally. Yeah. So out of all of that experience, uh, you'll have no, no doubt seen massive changes in the last 30 years. Yeah. And you know, the pandemic's come along, that's a forcing change on businesses. You know, just tell me a little bit of background of what do you think about yeah. manufacturing in the Northeast? Well, um, first of all, I've, I've actually been in manufacturing for 41 years now. Oh. So a little bit longer. And, and, and I've experienced all aspects from, from being an apprentice uh, to growing a business, uh, MDing uh, a UK business and running a European business, working with global customers, very, very demanding customers in the automotive sector, which is quite often regarded as being one of the most demanding and most brutal sectors to work in um, as a supplier. So I've seen some huge, huge changes. Um, and I, we, we, we are now uh, at the beginning of a new era um, some of us are, some of us aren't, many of us aren't. We're, we're at the, the beginning of a digital era that, if utilised correctly, should propel companies to the top of their game to become the best that they can be. Because that's what this is all about. We've taken manufacturing such a long way in, in terms of you know, going through the whole industry three piece, uh, but now we're moving into, into industry four, we're moving into advanced manufacturing, and, and digital enablement is an absolutely critical element of that. Um, my, my biggest worry, an ongoing worry that's confirmed on a weekly and daily basis, is companies are not planning for digital. They're not preparing for digital. A lot of companies don't actually understand what digital is all about. They don't understand what the opportunities are. They don't understand what the benefits are. And it's therefore, you know, why I fully support uh, initiatives like this that are hopefully going to spread the word and uh, you know motivate companies to take hold of digital and move their companies down that digital journey yeah and i'm very aware as a supplier in the digital sector we are one technology but when you talk about digitalization in manufacturing there's probably 20 or 30 different um, technological areas it's not just business systems no. which are our specialism there are all sorts of digital areas that can be embraced and for a business owner depending on scale um, that might be a minefield so we've got some customers who are 
very large greenfield site putting up new factories. They've got all of the appropriate resources and background and intelligence behind that. But then we might go to a meeting with a client, very innovative in their own right, mm. manufacturing, leading in their field. And when you look at their operating procedures, they're operating as they did a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, nothing's changed. That's very common. Very common. Very common. Mm. Very common. Yeah. So those smaller business owners, while they might be innovative in their sector, um, I think they are even more challenged. They're time short. They're probably um, information and experience short. And they need partners, I'll say partners rather than suppliers, mm. to hold them by the hand in any given area, whether it's robotic manufacturing, artificial intelligence, no-code platforms, whatever that might be, they need to be led and guided and educated as part of that process. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they'll just be lost in a, yeah. a minefield to it, some degree. Absolutely. Um, you know, 12 years ago, I visited a company in Japan, uh, Fanuc, Roboshot, which is a manufacturer of robots, and this was 12 years ago, over a decade ago, and I was led into a, a boardroom um, with a big black window. All you could see through the window was little LEDs flashing, and then um, the host of the visit turned the light on, and lo and behold, he was a factory making robots with robots. This was 12 years ago. Interesting. You know, and there were smaller robots shoveling goods around the shop floor, but they actually had FANUC robots making FANUC robots. And, you know, this isn't the future. We're now talking about the past. Yep. And this isn't a game of being progressive. This is a game of catching up. Yep. And, you know, what, we, what I believe we need to see in companies, we need to see them adopt digital as a whole new um, element in their business plans. You know, they've got quality business plans, they've got technical business plans, they've got manufacturing efficiency business plans, finance business plans, IT business plans, but they're not digital yet. They need to become digital. They need to realise the, you know, you know the, um, the full scale of the opportunity that digital provides. Yeah. And I think systems of work can be interpreted in many different ways and over many decades. So I think there are some businesses where, and it applies right across the board from the small SMEs right up to the large corporates, mm. where some of their systems of work are still things like spreadsheets. Um, the process is an email chain, or the process is the people. You know, they know what they do mm -hmm. next, and that's not scalable. Yeah. It's not resilient. It, it can't really survive in the modern world. It's, it's a disaster waiting to happen for mm. some of those businesses as predators and newcomers to their space come in and they can just do it so much better. Um, a friend of mine many years ago used to use the phrase, better, faster, cheaper. Yeah. The predators come along, they can do what you do, better, yeah. faster, cheaper. Yeah. Um, and that's the threat yeah. in reality for a lot of those businesses. Yeah. Um, interesting, some of our software is written in our software. Yeah. So I like the idea of the Fanuc robots building yeah. robots. Yeah. Um, so with a platform like ours, it's to some degree about educating the customer where their return on investment is. Yeah. We, we put this plan in place, we put this investment in, what does that do for our business? And it's multi-stranded. Yeah. So again, that's not a simple, straightforward proposition to get yeah. your head around. Yeah. Um, and in the past, 
you in your role must have looked at those business plans with multiple strands and had to evaluate that. Yeah. Um, I'm interested if you've got any advice for us how to help customers to understand mm -hmm. a complex technology proposition. Yeah, and I do. And I think it all starts with, you know, looking at Excel spreadsheets. They've got a, they've got a place, um, mainly their place was in yesterday, it's not in tomorrow. Um, many, many business problems that I've personally encountered, um, the origin of the problems has come from Excel spreadsheets, oh boy. which is generally because data and information, um, cells and formulas hadn't been connected correctly. And then you, you're just working from the wrong points of reference. Um, personally, I would recommend any business, wherever they can, remove um, Excel spreadsheets from their business and put in databases. And one of the things I really liked um, about Excel Points um, software is that it can link um, lots of different databases and lots of different sources of information and, and make it work together. Um, but it can do it, you know, in a much faster, simpler, and you know, you can change it as well. It isn't strict code that needs, you know, um, a specialist programmer to change it. You know, we're moving into the era, um, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit of a, you know, a citizen developer where companies can pick up these kind of uh, software and, and start and improve their businesses. Um, I think the same attitude we apply to manufacturing, um, continuous improvement. We need to apply continuous improvement to digital information, you know, um, <coughs> and every aspect of the business we touch can be improved by digital. There isn't one aspect that can't be improved by digital, one way or another. I've, I've done a lot of work for Itachi Vantara, one of the world's largest um, digital enabling companies, and I've seen them do some absolutely amazing stuff to, you know, um, influence and, and actually steer ships, um, create the schedules for um, large chain um, pizza purveyors so that they don't run out of the pepperoni at the right wrong time or something like that. You know, the, there's so many opportunities. And if you've got the right product in the right place at the right price and the right time to meet your customer requirements, your customer's going to have a great experience and subsequently you'll have a great experience. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> I think. Excel spreadsheets have their place. <clears throat> I'm not convinced paper processes have their place anywhere. No. Um, reliance on such is a problem. Uh, I think being able to work from anywhere digitally, <clears throat> so mobile workers, home-based workers, yeah. um, being joined up and connected to your business all the time yeah. is crucial these days. To, to add to my you know, um, preference to remove Excel spreadsheets, I would re remove C drives on computers, that, that, you know, for individuals because they're just uh, people squirrel stuff away there, and nobody else can get at it. Only they know it's there. They, you know, this is a, a common, you know, businesses generate information that should be common for everybody and available to everybody, and it can be connected. Yeah. You know, uh, and the other thing would be paper. You know, we have far too much paper in offices, even today. You know, we we put all this time and effort into. Uh, digital communication, and then we print it off yeah. when there's absolutely no need to, you know, Bound no need printers. to. Yes. Yeah. 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 In our office, we print very, very little. Yeah. Uh, we'll occasionally get photocopy a salesman, call up and say, we can do you a device. And we think, 
but we don't use paper, so mm. you know, so it's not a problem for us. Mm. I noticed you mentioned connecting up other systems. Mm. Um, that's something I think is also a challenge in our sector. Um, businesses over the years have invested significantly in technologies. Yeah. They've built systems, they've built databases, they've got existing working processes um, that work to a varying degree of not, not working very well through to excellent. Yeah. And there's a natural reluctance, nobody would blame anybody, to preserve that investment, not yeah. to throw it away. Mm. Um, blood, sweat, tears, time, money, everything mm. has gone into that. Mm. Um, and therefore, being able to leverage information mm. to the value of the business that's in these disparate mm. repositories, mm. yep, I think that's key. Uh, don't, don't dispense with it all, <coughs> leverage it with more value. Yeah, well, for, for me, you know, a lot of these heavy expenses, you know, such as um, large servers, for me, they're also part of the past for modern businesses. They, they, they tie businesses down. Um, and moving forward, you don't need to make investment. You can make it, a, um, you know, an operating expense rather than a capital expense. Absolutely. And it, it's much better for the cash flow for the business. It gives you much greater flexibility. You know, and we talk about repositories. And there is no greater repository than the cloud, yeah. you know, and we all need to move away from the, you know, the thought that we, we need on-site servers, we need filing cabinets, no we don't, we need, we need cloud storage space, easy access to it so you can op access it from anywhere in the world. You know, I used to work in a, in, in, in a business, uh, 650 staff, big IT team, um, now I work on, on my own. I look after my own computer, I have, a, I have a tablet, I have an iPhone which I absolutely live on, and I have cloud storage, I have a filing system, all the information I've got. Wherever I want to go, you know, it makes me mobile, it makes me flexible, it makes me efficient, but it also, I can share information easily with uh, anybody I want to. Yeah, yeah. I think you're an example of, um, <clears throat> don't take this derogatory, You've come out of the Jurassic Age of mm -hmm. manufacturing, but you're a dinosaur that's made that transition. Mm. You are in tune with the digital world. You know, the devices, the storage, the way it hangs together. Most importantly, the way it enables mm. your lifestyle, mm. your business operation, etc. Yeah. You're in tune with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and how to convey and educate others in your sector to get to the same level that you are, that's a challenge. Well, it, it is, but I think it's um, it, it's the responsibility of people like me that have made that transition and have probably had a privileged upbringing, let's say, in terms of what I've been experienced with and what I've been presented with. But, you know, um, I'm a 57-year-old social media user, and it's how I connect and keep in touch with my, with my daughters yeah. and my, my mother, my friends and my family, and I encourage people to use... Um, social media you know we use WhatsApp because it's free you can share stuff with it um, but I think very very important for business is, is digital media um, to to promote their businesses what digital media does for smaller businesses it literally puts them on the same platform as, as household names you know you can appear side by side you know with, with, with a household name if you're offering the same or similar service or, or just link to them, you know. Yep. And we've got all forms of uh, digital media. I mean, for me, 
I'm a, I'm a great user of um, LinkedIn. I use Twitter. I, I use um, Facebook. But LinkedIn, you know, the, the way you can connect. And, you know, business development now has changed completely to what it was when I started in sales in, in 1988. You know, no phone, I had a car, notebook, and some cash in my pocket. So if I needed to stop and use a payphone to get a hold of somebody or whatever, that's what you did. Now we, we, we don't have to physically travel to meetings. We've got Teams, we've got Zoom, we've got Skype. I use them all the time. Um, in fact, for, for what I would call maintenance meetings where you already know people, I quite often prefer that because they're much more time efficient. I don't have to travel to somewhere there and back, you know. Uh, if it's a progress meeting where I'm meeting a client for the first time or I'm, I actually, you know, some of the stuff I do in factories, I actually have to go to the shop floor. Um, I have to go and do that. But if it's a meeting to discuss things, um, I'm finding that people are becoming increasingly adept at managing meetings very efficiently using uh, digital digital media. But but you know you look at LinkedIn and, and the like and the opportunities to promote your business. You know I've seen some of the smaller businesses do the best jobs of promoting their businesses on on, on digital media, particularly through through LinkedIn at, at almost zero cost. Yeah, which is quite incredible. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We we've got customers scattered around the globe. Uh, we've got good customer in Sydney, Australia, Dallas, Texas, uh, Varna in Bulgaria. Um, and those customers, we don't meet face to face. We don't go and see them for no. obvious reasons. Um, we have engaged with them because we've got a presence online yeah. and in the digital world. <clears throat> Our shop front is there with every other organisation in the world. So we're, we're able to supply, not just as was conventional you know, 30 years ago, yeah. within 100 or 200 miles of your geographic location, yeah. it's a global marketplace yeah. and we can take advantage yeah. of that. If, um, and if you look at digital, it, it is a form of like emancipation. You know, you, you're, not, you're not tied to the desk anymore. You can move about, you can be mobile, you can get as much information as you want wherever you want, yep. when you want it. You know, when I look at my, um, my last full-time role, uh, working with a Japanese company, communication became literally all digital. Because even with, you know, an English person speaking Japanese, or a Japanese person speaking English, there's always, you know, a bit of difficulty. But if it's typed down on an email, yeah, you still need to meet up, you still need to have a beer with them, need to get that sort of bond going yeah but you know the the, the pace and accuracy of communication yeah. is, is 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 far superior to what yeah. it used to be yeah. but it's far quicker far yeah. quicker and I think that old adage of people buy from people yeah they still do so you mentioned first meetings you yeah. like to do face to face and I agree with you on that yeah. maintenance meetings online digital yeah. media. But also I think there is a, there's a changing landscape where people like us need to get used to the fact that the cyber world is a slightly different world. Mm. We've still got to be able to build relationships, build that bond and that rapport, yeah. which ultimately ends up in trust. Yeah. And that's the people buy from people, yeah. don't have to be face to face. Yeah. And they're subtle changes in skill sets yeah. that the successful people will make uh, and apply. But we're talking about relationships and we're talking in the context of manufacturing, but we're now talking about machines learning from machines and machines communicating with machines without any, you know, 
no human involvement. No human involvement at all. You know, you, you look at Nissan uh, up the road in Sunderland, uh, last time I spoke, they've got something like 5,000 pieces of uh, internet-enabled equipment all communicating with each other. You know, they've got um, thousands of robots, uh, particularly welding robots, because it's, it's a large body plant, and they're learning from each other. When, you know, they're teaching themselves when they need to um, sharpen the weld tip. So we, we talk, talk mainly so far about the peripheral things on manufacturing and the systems and processes. But the real nub of it for me is how do we en enhance manufacturing? You know, um, I was in a business recently and I spoke to the technical manager who I expected to be quite an innovative kind of person given that he was technical manager. And I said, what's, you know, do you have a digital strategy? And he said, well, I, I don't really know what it is because I don't really know what digital is. And th this is, you know, a company that makes some fantastic product. But, oh boy. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. You've got, you know, within the same county, we've got companies operating at the absolute edge of digital technology. And we've got other companies that are, that are still utilizing analog controls in their business. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be extinct pretty soon. They need to change, they need to move. All of the MDs, all the owners of all these businesses, number one piece of advice I would give to anybody is get a digital strategy, particularly in the quarry manufacturing and all of the support services. You know, I was with a very, very senior, uh, um, eminent manufacturing leader recently, and I was with him uh, with, 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 with Itachi, and we showed him a piece of software um, that enabled him to see that the operator was carrying out the process exactly how we should be doing it each time, every time. And his words were, that's the holy grail of manufacturing. That gives us zero defects. Consistently. Consistency, yep. standardization. And, you know, shout out, might not be news to lots of people, but our competitors in China and India are advancing so fast on the digital piece, they've not only got the benefits of low-cost labor, if we're not careful, they're going to become more advanced digitally and they're going to be beating us in, in every competition going. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, some of those um, regions of the world you've just mentioned, they're at advantage, disadvantage. They are at a position where they can start greenfield site. They don't have those legacy systems. They don't have poor <coughs> infrastructure. They don't have anything so they can start from scratch and do mm. it really well mm. right from the outset. Yeah. So in our industry sector, um, our aim is to try and accelerate what, what our customers can do. Yeah. Um, apply our technology to not just achieve end goals, but achieve those end goals much quicker, yeah. 10 times faster. Yeah. Because as you said earlier, we are in a catch-up yeah. scenario. Yeah. Uh, and unless we change and adapt and put ourselves in a position where we can flex and yeah. do that continual improvement, mm -hmm. as you mentioned earlier from a yeah. manufacturing standpoint, yeah. but from an information and a process yeah. standpoint, yeah. that continual improvement, ability to yeah. pivot, change and adapt to the yeah. circumstances, mm. it's, crucial. Mm. it's I was, crucial. I was recently talking to the owners of a, a, a really, really large piece of real estate with lots of residents on board and some very, very expensive um, security costs. And um, 
I, I've suggested to them that if they introduce 5G, they could then introduce digital security. And the saving of that, uh, I think, would be something in the region about two and a half million pounds a year. Oof. Saving. Not turnover, saving. Yeah. Yeah. But it would also give the, the residents, their customers, uh, a superior service. It could be linked to uh, national police databases. You could have roving um, equipment, drones, robots. You know, you could have um, driverless vehicles, you know, going around sites with cameras on, uh, with, with the likes of LiDAR, picking up things. And with these, these modern video analytics, um, they learn their environment. And, and if they've done a tour, and let's say there was a piece of uh, equipment there, and then the next time they go past, it's not there, they can recognize that yep. through artificial intelligence yep. and alert the owners that a piece of plant's moved. Has it been stolen or, or has uh, somebody moved it? It, it? Again, it's a superior customer experience. Absolutely. And you're talking there about taking automation from um, relatively simple robotic tasks but into the real world, out yeah. into the environment that human beings walk around in and, yeah. and live in. Yeah. So the use of drone technology, whether it's um, politically hot potato and sensitive at the moment, mm. that will be used more and more and more, whether it's deliveries, security, um, you know, customer experience, mm. all that stuff, um, I agree, it is the merging together mm. in Industry 4.0 yeah of a lot of different streams of technological advancement. We've seen logistics um, really <coughs> adopt digital and we've seen retail really adopt digital um, by moving online. There are, I believe, a lot of digital opportunities on physical stores. You know, there's digital security, digital cashier desks, all of that kind of thing, digital customer service. Um, what we're not seeing is we're not seeing manufacturing adopt digital at the same rate those others are, you know, and logistics, we, we, we're seeing, we're already seeing um, operating on private roads, driverless 40-foot trailers, moving product around, you know, millions of dollars, millions of pounds worth of savings, um, but in, in, in manufacturing, we're still relying um, quite often on the lowest <coughs> common denominator, uh, which, which is an operator. And, you know, let's face it, it's, it's, it's on the low pay scale, yep. but we rely implicitly on them getting something right each time, every time, to achieve zero defects. Well, I don't think that's fair. You know, there's very highly people, paid people out there who've got the skills and knowledge that can make that operator's task so much easier and, and make them experience success every time. It's interesting, you just touched on something there about real-world environments and retail going online and being successful. So I was talking to somebody recently, I won't name a brand, because I don't know whether this is out there in the real world now or what they are seeking to achieve, um, but they were talking about the citizen likes to touch and feel the goods that they're buying. Mm. So if I use the example of a big screen TV, because we have one beside us, um, you can buy them online, and it's probably a commodity item these days, but you might want to go and try that item out. Yeah. Touch it, feel it, see the quality, see its features, etc., and go to a store to do that. Mm. 
So they're talking about implementing technology whereby the store intelligently knows that Mike Matthews is in front of this BenQ flat screen TV. Yeah. Can tell you on your phone that <clears throat> this device is available online at these different places at these prices. Mm. So it'll tell you where you are going to go and look mm. for that device. Yeah. And also tell you, we'll make you an offer to match that here today. Yeah. So that you don't go off onto the internet and buy yeah. it somewhere else. Yeah. You don't have to take it away. It's still delivered from the internet. You've bought it online. Yeah. It's been delivered by mm. that store yeah. to your home. Yeah. But you've been somewhere where you've, they've added value to your experience. You can touch it, feel it. They'll tell you where else you can go to buy it, mm. but also tell you, but we'll match their prices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they do that with proximity, understanding what you're looking at, all clever technologies, but converging together to make your buying experience much easier. Yeah. Purchasing easy, yeah. we're all into that. Yeah. What, what, what I'm really interested in is, is how we can see the rapid evolution of digital in, in, in manufacturing, because as you've just described, a perfect scenario of a highly evolved business process, business model. We need the equivalent of that in, in, in manufacturing. Um, if we want to um, maintain a place as a, a, a global uh, success in, in, in manufacturing, you know, I, I, I alluded to earlier about you know, how digital can help us guarantee the process, guarantee the quality. It can also help us track goods. You know, through through a business, the number of times, um, you know, I've had a discussion with a guy because we've had a shortage, and he said to me, "Well, the computer said we had them in stock." Yeah. Well, did you ever go and check? Yeah. No, but now you don't need to. You can install digital equipment in warehouses that can monitor, yeah, and give your your guys constant feedback about what's in stock, what's moved. You know, I also introduced a um, a digital warehouse um, picking routine. And, um, you know, at the start of it, we, we started off, you wouldn't believe it, we had something like 44 um, pickers in this operation. And by the end of it, um, we introduced an intelligent, smart, um, basically on a learning um, stock system. And we, we, we reduced the uh, number of operators by 20. Now, people say, well, those people lost the job. No, not actually, because that allowed us to become more competitive win more work and become a bigger business mm. and those people just got absorbed into the business Absolutely. in other places. Absolutely. We just made every aspect of the business. You know, I also used to run um, you know, um, 80 or 90 moulding machines and I could jump on my PC and I could see at a glance which machine was running to cycle and which one wasn't. And you know, the way I've been brought up in manufacturing, I'm not interested in the good news, I'm interested in the bad news. And the digital helps us identify the yep. bad news so we can go and address that bad yep. news. As we start to wrap up, um, there's something else that you touched on that resonated very um, readily with me. The companies that are at the leading edge, that have adopted these technologies, etc., they've been through many iterations in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. <clears throat> it's extremely difficult for companies to implement brand new technology as a revolution. It's a yeah. big bang. Yes. So the organisations that are catching up are going to have to go through those iterations, yeah. but much more quickly. Yeah. 
and the ability to recognize your deficiencies, implement something, improve, do another improvement, improve on that and so on. They need to get to the point where the really successful players are today, mm. but not as a big bang. Yeah. Some companies can, they're the rarities, and that insinuates that they're going to go through those iterations, they just need to go through them much quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's your view on that? They, they do, that's absolutely correct. Um, but, you know, I was always taught, you know, if you wanted something do, doing quick, give it to a lazy guy, because he'll find an easy way of doing it. <laughs> and, you know, um, I have um, a phrase I've used for many words, which is, um, R&D, which you think, well, that's not a new phrase. That's been used in manufacturing, engineering, and chemistry for years. But my 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 phrase is, uh, my my interpretation of R&D is rip off and duplicate. Go and benchmark, network, go and see successful companies, see what they're using, see how they're doing, and that will accelerate your iterations and probably enable you to leapfrog many many of them. And, and you know, with, with companies like yourselves, Ian, put in bespoke solutions that are going to be far more cost effective and far more fit for purpose than anything that's off, off, off yep. the shelf. Yeah. Well, on that happy note, uh, if you want to see any of our customers and learn from some of those experiences, be happy to take you along and you can meet some of them. It, it's, it's something that uh, I've done for many years, networking, benchmarking. You know, it's something that's a very powerful tool within the, um, the automotive sector. I mean, for those that don't know, the first thing that happens when a new model gets launched, the competitors buy it, they strip it down, they tear it down, they look at how it's made and see if they can learn from it. Yep. You know, we just need to do the same for our own business, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. Mike, it's been a pleasure having you in today. Great. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Very much. And Very hopefully much. this educates uh, yeah. some people who need that assistance. Yeah, it's, um, it's all about that digital enablement journey, identifying a path, but to identify the path, you need to identify where you want to end up.